0: Twitter Files Part 6 Drops, details and context on the special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We're the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 304 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Friday, December sixteenth, twenty 2022. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U S presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman. And I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners. Most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid in the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you like support what well, we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, before we get to the Twitter files, on our last episode we talked about Tucker Carlson's incendiary claim based on a source that Tucker says has direct knowledge of what is in the JFK files that the White House still refuses to release, that the CIA was definitely involved in the assassination of President John Fitzgerald Kennedy over 59 years ago. Tucker Carlson has asked former CIA director Mike Pompeo, certainly a friend of Fox News, been all over Fox News Channel for years, asked him to come on the program two nights in a row, and Pompeo has declined. Tucker said that um, the CIA and the intel community in general, when they tried to get some kind of comment, some kind of response to Tucker's assertion that the, that the CIA was involved in the assassination of President Kennedy. Instead of admitting or denying it, they've just told him, well, you're breaking the law by saying that. Really? So that whole situation is lit, and it is, uh, I'm afraid, going to get to be a lot more interesting. Now, we have gone over for you the first five parts, the first five drops, tranches, if you will, of the Twitter files. Matt Taibbi, uh, Barry Weiss. uh, What was the name of the other guy? Yeah, um, because there's one other guy who did one of them. And he's a big deal over at Substack. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Dr. Michael Schellenberger. Anyway, Matt Taibbi is back with part six of the Twitter files. And I'm going to share them with you and, and try to put them into context. I've been reading what a lot of different experts and commentators are saying to try to put it into context. And here's how it goes. The Twitter Files, Part 6, Twitter, the FBI subsidiary. The Twitter Files are revealing more every day about how the government collects, analyzes, and flags your social media content. Twitter's contact with the FBI was constant and pervasive, as if it were a subsidiary. Between January 2020 and November 2022, there were over a hundred fifty emails between the FBI and former Twitter Trust and Safety Chief Yoel Roth. Now he's a guy that uh, did his his uh, his thesis, his master's thesis in college, if I recall correctly, over uh, underage people being able to use gay dating apps. I mean, he's he's a bad guy, this Yoel Roth guy, and people. People are wondering why for so many years people are getting kicked off of uh, Twitter for using phrases like, okay, groomer. Anyway, uh, Matt Taibbi continues with Twitter Files Part 6. Some of these emails are mundane, like San Francisco agent Elvis Chan wishing Yol Roth a Happy New Year, along with a reminder to attend, quote, our quarterly call next week, unquote, Others are requests for information into Twitter users related to active investigations. Okay, at this point, Julie Kelly, the great Julie Kelly, over at amgreatness.com, comments, cannot be said enough, Elvis Chan was involved in FBI discussions in 2016 between the law firm Perkins Coy, the big DNC law firm, between Perkins Coie's Michael Sussman and CrowdStrike to try to legitimize phony Russian hack DNC email story. Elvis Chan is the FBI's channel to Twitter and other big tech companies. She says, we're expected to believe Elvis Chan was not in contact with Michael Sussman, still at Perkins Coie, in 2020, and taking marching marching orders from Mark Elias and his crew before Election Day? And she's got the article that she wrote a little while back about Elvis Chan. We're going to take a look at that here in a minute. She said, Chan met with these companies in 2020. Reddit figures prominently. In Yahoo News article, they claimed... A DHS analyst saw threatening posts on Reddit before January 6th and tried to run it up the chain of command at Homeland Security. She says, I bet lots more discussed than election and misinformation between those parties. And she says, of course, don't forget that Jim Baker, former FBI uh, deputy counsel, until he became Twitter chief counsel. Don't forget, Jim Baker and Michael Sussman were big buddies. Back in the day, Baker testified at Sussman's trial this year. Again, hard to believe this wasn't another FBI, DNC, Perkins Coy scheme to interfere in 2020, just like they tried to do in 2016. All right, now, before we get back to Matt Taibbi's Twitter Files Part 6, since Elvis Chan shows up in the middle of this and Julie Kelly's talking about it, I think it would behoove us to take a look at what she wrote about him on October 10th over at amgreatness.com. Elvis Chan, cyber conduit between FBI and Big Tech. She said, Election Day is four weeks away, which it was at that point. And barring some major catastrophe, which we actually did experience, Republicans are expected to make major gains in offices across the country and win a majority of seats in Congress. Well, in the House, but we had a catastrophe in the Senate. Anyway. She says, a stagnant economy, an unpopular occupant of the White House, reckless warnings of possible nuclear war, and a twisted fixation on mutilating and sexually tormenting children have Democrats on the ropes. Well, I wish. Even a criminal indictment of Donald Trump, which would be the biggest October surprise in political history, is unlikely to save Democrats from self-immolation on November 8th. Well, yeah, I mean, if they hadn't stolen Arizona and Nevada. So Democrats are once again colluding with big tech to censor what they call disinformation about the 2022 midterms of course the definition of mis- of disinformation is open to interpretation content hostile to the regime naturally but the fbi's point man on the topic recently told reporters that the bureau is on the lookout for wrongthink oh yeah just like orwell 1984 elvis chan an assistant special agent in charge responsible for the cyber branch of the FBI's San Francisco field office met with reporters last week to explain the nature of potential hijinks in the November election. FBI agent Elvis Chan told the San Francisco television reporter following an October 6 press briefing, people are trying to dispel the disinformation and misinformation that's going on that there are things that are happening to the election, we don't see any credible threats at this point. That's not to say we're not monitoring them. We are. Elvis Chen also said federal agencies have their eye on misinformation and election lies that often spread through social media but assure the voting public that federal law enforcement agencies are sharing data with those social media platforms with the aim of combating election misinformation with the truth. Now, he should know about working with social media. According to a lawsuit filed by Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, against numerous government agencies and officials for conspiring with media companies to silence free speech, Elvis Chan was one of two FBI agents who urged Facebook officials to censor content related to Hunter Biden's laptop before the 2020 election. Missouri AG Eric Schmidt wrote, pursuant to the third-party subpoena, Meta, Facebook's parent company, has identified Elvis Chan as involved in the communications between the FBI and Meta that led to Facebook's suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The other agent was Laura Demlo, a section chief for the FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force, another another politically motivated operation created by FBI Director Christopher Wray in 2017. Both Elvis Chan and Laura Demlow are defendants in the lawsuit. Now, Mark Zuckerberg repeatedly has admitted that FBI agents warned Facebook officials to be on high alert for a dump of news that could be the result of foreign actors attempting to interfere in the 2020 election. Yeah, those old foreign actors, huh? The news dump that followed was the New York Post's explosive reporting on the laptop just weeks before Election Day. The company immediately announced it would reduce visibility of the New York Post's articles until so called fact checkers could verify it was not the work of a foreign interference campaign. Twitter locked the New York Post's account for two weeks and blocked users from sharing articles, flagging the links as potentially harmful. The primary conduit between big tech oligarchs and the FBI appears to be Elvis Chan. Eric Schmidt's lawsuit out of Missouri accuses Chan of playing a critical role for the FBI in coordinating with social media platforms relating to censorship and suppression of speech on their platforms. In a recent podcast interview, FBI agent Chan who seems to spend most of his time conducting interviews and speechifying at security conferences rather than investigating cybercrime, bragged that his office was very involved in helping to protect the U.S. elections in 2020. i give you an F on that, buddy. Chan admitted this required communicating with technology and social media companies on a weekly basis to share alleged intelligence about foreign interference in the election He said that's where the FBI and the U.S. government can actually help companies. Regularly corresponding with these companies is easy for Chan. His office is located in the heart of Silicon Valley, home to more than 300 companies tied to big tech. One can only imagine how frequently FBI agent Chan and his colleagues hobnob with the powers that be in Northern California in swanky hotspots. This also explains why the FBI refuses to investigate Facebook and Twitter for flagrant election interference on a number of fronts. It would be hard for the FBI to investigate companies for doing what the FBI told them to do. No foreign entity, of course, was responsible for the coverage and distribution of the Hunter Biden laptop story. To the contrary, the flagrant attempt to sway voters by concealing incriminating information about the Biden family was executed by powerful domestic interests, including FBI agent Chan, Big Tech, and the conventional news media. FBI agents in Washington warned that negative reporting associated with Biden's laptop was a foreign disinformation campaign and briefed Republican senators to that effect in the summer of 2020. Team Biden also did its part to promote the falsehood. A campaign spokeswoman warned On October 22nd, 2020, quote, If we see tonight from Donald Trump these attacks on Vice President Biden's family, I think we need to be very, very clear that what he's doing here is amplifying Russian misinformation. Ironically or not, Elvis Chan himself is a purveyor of general disinformation about American elections. He insists the 2020 election was the safest in history, claiming there was mostly not voter fraud despite what you hear on different outlets. For years, FBI agent Elvis Chan has promoted the unproven narrative that the Russians attempted to influence the 2016 election to help Donald Trump win. As Twitter sleuth Stephen McIntyre pointed out last week, Chan's name appears in evidence collected by Special Counsel John Durham in the criminal case against Michael Sussman, a lawyer for Perkins Coy the firm representing both the Hillary Clinton campaign and Democrat National Committee in 2016. That spring, the DNC blamed the Russians for a hack of its email system. Sussman hired CrowdStrike, a cybersecurity firm led by a former top FBI official, to investigate the intrusion. The FBI and Sussman coordinated talking points and scheduled a phone call with Washington Post reporter Ellen Nakashima in June 2016 to leak the results of CrowdStrike's alleged probe into the source of the hack. But it wasn't enough. Sussman desperately wanted the FBI's official imprimatur on the Russian hack narrative. In July 2016, another FBI cyber chief asked Sussman to approve a draft statement for reporters about the stolen emails. Sussman succeeded in getting the Bureau to issue a stronger response that backed his clients' allegations. Elvis Chan's name first appeared that same month as the FBI continued to help Democrats spin the Russian hack story. By late September, Sussman was pushing the FBI to publicly conclude the incursion was the work of Kremlin-backed hackers, and that's when Elvis Chan was again looped in. He participated in several email discussions between Sussman, the Justice Department CrowdStrike representatives, and other FBI officials in October regarding an FBI examination into the hack and potentially fake documents. A call between all the parties, including FBI agent Chan, took place October 11, 2016. Afterward, Sussman and Chan communicated directly as his office sought to obtain data directly lifted from the DNC system. It never happened, and neither did the Russia-based hack of the DNC email system. Testimony later revealed CrowdStrike didn't have evidence that Russian hackers were responsible for the breach. The email hack story, like every other animating aspect of the Russian collusion hoax, turned out to be untrue. But that isn't stopping Chan from continuing to inst- to insist Kremlin operatives influence the 2016 election. So what is FBI agent Elvis Chan up to now? How will he and his big tech sycophants silence dissenting views about the 2022 election, either before or after Election Day. Now, remember, this article she wrote from early October. With Democrats desperate to stem heavy losses, one can only guess what the FBI has in store this time around and what are they planning already for 2024. Regardless, it's obvious Elvis Chan is not an outlier in the FBI. He's just another sleazy partisan operative disguised as a dutiful FBI agent and more proof that the corrupt rot at the Federal Bureau of Investigation infects every office in the country. Now, I've got a lot more. I've got a lot more from Matt Taibbi on the FBI Files Part 6, and I've got a lot more context for what's going on here. I mean, the feds colluding with big tech to take away your First Amendment right to free speech, I think is a big idea. I think it's a big deal. I hope it concerns you as much as it concerns me. It was a big idea, all right. Whose big idea was it? I mean, who's pulling the strings behind the scenes? Obama? George Soros? Klaus Schwab? A consortium? Who knows? More coming up straight ahead. So, look. I'll bet you realize if you try to buy... A car recently, there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. Well, that's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online. They'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore payment options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options. You have complete control over all you have to do is adjust your preferences and all the math happens automatically. So you can figure out what monthly, what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red river your way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, SUV, order online online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live in the continental USA, redriveryourway.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, now, I've been talking to you for quite some time about how the world is going crazy with supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, and sky-high gas prices, and woke corporations, that stand against everything we believe in. We all know how the big box stores were allowed to stay open all during the pandemic, while so many little guys, small business owners, regular people were forced to close. The wealthiest people on earth became better off while mom and pop businesses suffered. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? I mean, what can we do about it? How can our voices be heard? Well, we can make a difference by voting with our dollars why continue shopping at big-box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now, finally, we can shop factory direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. Switch to SwitchToAmerica.com is helping Americans walk away from the big-box conglomerates. That's why Switch to America was created. With regular folks like you and me in mind, one of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than shareholders and corporate executives a lot of patriot influence a lot of patriot influencers have come aboard i'm inviting you to join with fellow patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country we're done with the woke globalist or operation against humanity each of us can take market share away from these big businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages we can choose to help each other by shopping family owned, made in America. The website is SwitchToAmerica.com. Join with over 2 million monthly shoppers that have already made the switch. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. SwitchToAmerica.com is dedicated to offering family owned alternatives for items we buy on a regular basis. Just go to SwitchToAmerica.com. When they ask how you heard about us, click on my name, Doc Washburn, plug in your info, and I'll have one of my guys contact you. Switch to America.com. All right, let's get back to uh, Matt Taibbi dropping Twitter files, part six, Friday evening. He says a surprisingly high number of emails between the FBI and Twitter are requests for Twitter to take action on what they call election misinformation, even involving joke tweets from accounts with very few followers. You believe this? The FBI's social media, social media-focused task force, known as FTIF, created in the wake of the 2016 election, swelled, to 80 agents and corresponded with Twitter to identify alleged foreign influence and election tampering of all kinds. 80 agents. Huh. Have they indicted any of uh, Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein's clients yet? No. No, they got to be bothering Twitter um, when accounts with very few followers put jokes on Twitter. That's the important thing. That's the important thing. Never forget who advised Donald Trump to hire Christopher Ray, Chris Christie. I wouldn't trust Chris Christie as far as I could throw him and his slightly chunkier cousin simultaneously. Why on earth Trump's, uh, Trump trusted him? I, 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 I don't know. I'm sure he regrets it at this point, though. So... But I digress. Twitter Files Part 6 continues from Matt Taibbi. Federal intelligence and law enforcement reach into Twitter, included Department of Homeland Security, DHS, which partnered with security contractors and think tanks to pressure Twitter to moderate content. It's no secret the government analyzes bulk data For all sorts of purposes, everything from tracking terror suspects to making economic forecasts. The Twitter files show something new, though. Agencies like the FBI and DHS regularly sending social media content to Twitter through multiple entry points pre-flagged for moderation. What stands out is the sheer quantity of reports from the government. Some are aggregated from public hotlines. And he's got a a screenshot here of a tweet from the FBI El Paso field office, November 3rd, 2020, which says election day protocol for FBI headquarters is to stand up a national election command post, which provides a centralized location for assessing election related threats. Status reports and complaints are tracked. Have a tip, send it to tips.fbi.gov or this phone number. And the picture says, protect your voice, protect your vote, and a picture of a flag and the FBI logo. Well, it didn't do much good on election night when they stopped counting all five swing states simultaneously and then dumped millions of votes in at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I don't think you guys really investigated that, did you? No, because that was going to help your guy win. Anyway, I digress again. Matt Taibbi continues. An unanswered question. Do agencies like FBI and DHS do in-house flagging work themselves or farm it out? One former intelligence officer said, you have to prove to me that inside the blank government you can do any kind of massive data or AI search. So he thinks it's being farmed out to third party. Okay, then we have a screenshot of another email Hello, Twitter contacts. The master canine quality of the FBI's relationship to Twitter comes through in this November 2022 email in which FBI San Francisco is notifying you it wants action on four accounts. Okay, so here's what it says. Um, Thursday, November 10th, 2022 at 10.53 p.m. Hello, Twitter contacts. FBI San Francisco is notifying you of the below accounts which may potentially constitute violations of Twitter's terms of service for any action or inaction deemed appropriate within Twitter policy. And it lists the four accounts. And it says, best regards, Fred, FBI, San Francisco. Now, Julie Kelly had a tweet responding to that. She said, who is Fred? And I saw that there were 21 responses to her tweet. And I thought, well, let me check on the tweet and see what the responses are. And guess what? Twitter would not show me any of the responses. So at that point, I did a tweet saying, hey, I kind of wanted to see what the responses were to your tweet. Twitter didn't show me any of them. Hey, Elon Musk, looks like you need to fire a few more people. Hashtag Elon is being sabotaged because he is. Okay, back to Matt Taibbi and part six of the Twitter files. Twitter personnel, in that case, went on to look for reasons to suspend all four accounts, including one called uh, From M.A., whose tweets are almost all jokes, and they have some examples here, including his civic misinformation of November 8th. Well, this guy said, I want to remind Republicans to vote tomorrow, Wednesday, November 9th. So I guess this guy's a Democrat, and they even, <laughs> they even blocked him. Just to show the FBI can be hyper-intrusive in both directions, they also asked Twitter to review a blue-leaning account for a different joke, except here it was even more obvious that Claire Foster, Ph.D., who kids a lot, was kidding. Well, she's not really a blue-leaning account. She's a conservative uh, doing a parody of liberals. And I think they probably understood that better than Matt did. Claire Foster, Ph.D., when told about the flagging, said, Anyone who cannot discern obvious satire from reality has no place making decisions for others or working for the feds. Hashtag true. Fact check true. Of the six accounts mentioned in the previous two emails, all but two, Claire Foster, Ph.D., and from M.A., Were suspended. In an internal email from November 5th, 2022, the FBI's National Election Command post, which compiles and sends on complaints, sent the San Francisco field office a long list of accounts that, quote, may warrant additional action, unquote. I'm surprised mine wasn't on there because I was shadow banned. I was throttled for years on Twitter. Matt Taibbi says, Agent Elvis Chan passed the list on to his Twitter folks. Twitter then replied with its list of actions taken. Looks like they suspended most of them, but uh, they did give mercy to actor Billy Baldwin. I don't know how in the world he got on that list, because he's a lib. Many of the above accounts were satirical in nature, nearly all with the exception of Billy Baldwin and the RSB network. Were relatively low engagement, and some were suspended, most with a generic thanks Twitter letter. And here's the screenshot. It goes something like this. Hello, we're writing to let you know that we have reviewed your appeal and your account features will remain lo- uh, locked or limited for the allotted time or pending completion of the assigned tasks due to violations of the Twitter rules. Now, we already know they suspended Trump, even though he didn't violate any rules. So they'll lie. Anyway, attempted voter suppression, including attempted voter intimidation or providing false information about voting or registering to vote or any unlawful activity is prohibited under our rules. You can review these guidelines at twitter.com slash rules. Thanks, Twitter. Matt Taibbi says, when told of the FBI flagging, Lexatola, which is the name of a Twitter profile, um, replied My thoughts initially include number one, seems like a prima facie First Amendment violation. Number two, holy cow, me, an account with the reach of an amoeba. And three, what else are they looking at? Tiberius 444. Another account that got suspended said, I can't believe the FBI is policing jokes on Twitter. That's crazy. In a letter to former deputy general counsel and former top FBI lawyer Jim Baker on September 16th, 2020, Twitter legal executive Stacia Cardiel outlines results from her soon-to-be weekly meeting with DHS DOJ, FBI, and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Oh, my goodness. And it is, it is extensive. There was extensive collusion and coordination there. And, and I would recommend to you that you take a look at it on Twitter. I don't think you have to be a member of Twitter to take a look at it. The Twitter executive writes, she explicitly asked if there were impediments to the sharing of classified information with industry. The answer, FBI was adamant no impediments to sharing exist. Now, this passage underscores the unique One Big Happy Family vibe between Twitter and the FBI. With what other firm? Would the FBI so blithely agree to no impediments to classified information? Now, at the bottom of that letter, she lists a series of escalations apparently raised at the meeting which had already been handled. About one of them, she writes, flagged a specific tweet on Illinois use of modems to transmit election results in possible violation of the civic integrity policy, except they do actually use that technology in limited circumstances. Well, then you had a problem. They were telling the truth then, I guess. Another internal letter from January 2021 shows Twitter executives processing an FBI list of possible violative contents. I got a screenshot of that one. Here, too, most tweets contained the same get-out-there-and-vote-Wednesday trope and had low engagement. This is what the FBI spends their time on. Now, in this March 2021 email, an FBI liaison thanks a senior Twitter executive for the chance to speak to you and the team, then delivers what they call a packet of products. Amazing. The executive circulates the so-called products, which are really DHS bulletins stressing the need for greater, for greater collaboration between law enforcement and so-called private sector partners. The ubiquity of the 2016 Russian interference story as stated pretext for building out the censorship machine cannot be overstated. It is analogous to how 9-11 inspired the expansion of the security state. And they've got a screenshot here to a memo from the Office of Intelligence and Analysis of Department of Homeland Security on what they call Russian malign influence use of permissive social media platforms. I wonder if they do anything like this about China malign influence through TikTok. You know? I mean, I'm old enough to remember a couple of months ago when the Senate Judiciary Committee... Had FBI Director Chris Wray under oath, and they're asking him now, why is it that the Communist Chinese Party actually has Chinese police stations in our country, on our homeland? Well, that's really troubling to me. Yeah, okay, why don't you arrest him? But I digress. Back to uh, Twitter Files Part Six. Matt Taibbi says, while the DHS in its products pans permissive social media for offering operational advantages to Russians. It also explains that the so-called domestic violent extremist threat requires addressing information gaps. Yeah, here's a screenshot. Information gaps and challenges associated with the individualized nature of radicalization could be partially mitigated, with increased collaboration between law enforcement, terrorism, prevention efforts, and private sector partners. We judge these partnerships would improve our ability to detect changes in domestic violent extremist trends and provide early warning of potential attacks, except that the guys that do the attacks are almost always on your radar, and you almost always do nothing about it. So now you're out there policing jokes on Twitter. These people should be ashamed of themselves. Matt Taibbi continues. FBI in one case sent over so many possible violative content reports. Twitter personnel congratulated each other on their Slack channel. That's uh, an app they use to uh, communicate with each other privately behind the scenes. They congratulated each other on the Slack channel for the monumental undertaking of reviewing all the stuff but possibly violative content reports that FBI had sent over. There were multiple points of entry into Twitter for government-flagged reports. Here we get a screenshot of a letter from Agent Elvis Chan to Yoel Roth referencing Teleporter, a platform through which Twitter could receive reports from the FBI. Reports also came from different agencies. Here we have a screenshot of an employee recommending bouncing content based on evidence from DHS, etc. State government also flagged content, by the way. Twitter, for instance, received reports via the Partner Support Portal, an outlet created by the Center for Internet Security, a partner organization to the DHS. So, Speaking of the states doing stuff, here we got a big old screenshot where Twitter execs receiving an alert from California officials by way of, quote, our partner support portal, unquote, debate whether to act on a Trump tweet. You got California saying, why was no action taken? I don't know, First Amendment free speech, somehow. I don't know. Next, a video was reported by the Election Integrity Project, EIP at Stanford, apparently on the strength of information from the Center for Internet Security, or CIS. If that's confusing, it's because the CIS is a DHS contractor and describes itself as partners with the Cyber and Internet Security Agency, CISA, at the DHS. Yeah, that's confusing. So the EIP it's one of a series of government-affiliated think tanks that mass review content, a list that also includes the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensics Research Laboratory and the University of Washington's Center for Informed Policy. So what's the takeaway here? What most people think of as the deep state is really a tangled collaboration of state agencies private contractors, and sometimes state-funded, non-governmental organizations. The lines become so blurred as to be meaningless. Well, you know, with all due respect, uh, Mr. Taibi, I think the deep state also includes uh, the FBI, Department of, Homeland, Home, Department of Homeland Security, the CIA, and a lot of other folks in the intel community. So, I mean, just state agencies, private contractors, and sometimes state-funded non-governmental organizations. No, no. No, no. Let, let's not forget FBI, CIA, NSA, DIA, who knows who else. National Security Council, which is over our our uh, COVID response instead of Health and Human Services. Yeah, you got to throw them in there too. Anyway, he winds it up. Matt Taibbi saying, Twitter files researchers are moving into a variety of new areas now. Watch Barry Weiss and Michael Schellenberger, MD, on Twitter and this space for more soon. Well, we certainly will. We certainly will. Now, I I want to put all this into context uh, because a number of people are putting it into context. And so there's a lot to talk about, and I will share that with you momentarily. Let me just ask something, though, because I love sharing with you the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Are you having problems with sinus and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness or vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, psoriasis, migraines? Well, the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you, even if you don't live in Arkansas, and I'll tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for that atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. Now, I had severe hay fever For five or six weeks, every spring all my life, had bad migraines too. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away, the migraines went away, and neither one of them ever came back. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, blood sugar issues, psoriasis, migraines, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation. They've helped me. They've helped my wife. They've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation is 501-279-2009. Now, if you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, click on the tab that says, Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. Now, I love telling you about the only Christian conservative wireless carrier in America, too. Patriot Mobile. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget along with great discounts for our veterans and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. I know I'm saving a lot of money since I switched over. Now, when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you are shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. All you have to do is just go to patriotmobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use the promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. Now, if you're a conservative-owned business Tired of seeing your hard-earned dollars go to corporate woke agendas? You can switch to Patriot Mobile Business. They now offer competitive business plans to suit companies of any size. It's easy. Find out all you need to know at business.patriotmobile.com or call their 100% U.S.-based member services team at 469-FREEDOM. Again, make sure you use the promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. That's business dot Patreon mobile dot com or just call them at four six nine freedom. Okay, now I want to talk about trying to put this whole thing into context and talking about the letter that Matt Taibbi dropped on. Twitter Files Part 6, we mentioned a few minutes ago, letter to former Deputy General Counsel and former top FBI lawyer Jim Baker on September sixteenth, 2020. Legal exec, Twitter legal exec Stacia Cardill outlines results from her soon-to-be weekly meetings with DHS, DOJ, FBI, and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. So the great Michael White over there on Twitter says, this is the Rosetta Stone. He says, this is the link to the intelligence agencies directly teamed up with 80 social media FBI agents and Twitter. Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg claimed similar details when he was talking to Joe Rogan, and, and we played that for you a couple of months ago when it came out. Because remember, I mentioned that Rogan is sitting there trying to be very calm. And very subdued, and you can tell he's just praying. God just let him keep talking. And I don't even know if Rogan believes in God, but it's just like Rogan's sitting there, can't believe what Zuckerberg is admitting, and Rogan's voice becomes softer and more calm as he continues asking follow-up questions because he knows he's got a an answer there. Anyway, Michael Light says, We've previously seen a map that describes a hard line into Google's total stream of data. This was in the leaks from Edward Snowden. This document is to Jim Baker, chief attorney overseeing the Russiagate investigation scandal. Now, he was fired from the FBI and went directly to work for Twitter, apparently to continue the same work he'd been doing in the FBI. He says, would you believe the first cue appeared three days after James Comey was fired from the FBI. Well, gee, Michael, I don't know. I've never read Q. Anyway, he says, everything they did was all an intelligence-based fabrication using social media platforms and the media to shape and manufacture an image that mostly hid the truth from view and anyone who tried to spread it. Mass disinformation. Hillary Clinton used similar tactics with Russiagate claims of 17 intelligence agencies agreeing with her. This is an old-school Crest toothpaste ad. What they did agree to was a partnership with Big Tech to take over the country's elections for 2020 and 2022. In other words, once you get the toothpaste out of the tube, you can't put it back in, I guess. He says at least that would have to be the assumption that Russiagate and January 6th were attempting, along with the stolen election races, did you know that the term conspiracy theorist was created by the New York Times to identify people who didn't parrot the official Warren Commission JFK assassination narrative? Yeah, we, we had that yesterday when we were talking about JFK. He mentions that the uh, New York Times used that term conspiracy theory in four articles in 1964, and from there it kind of spread to the rest of the media. And now it's just, um, it's commonplace. It's commonplace. So, John Nicosia, over at NewsCycle Cycle Media, former managing editor of Mediaite, says, the FBI replies to Matt Taibbi, quote, the FBI regularly engages with private sector entities to provide information specific to identified foreign malign influence actors, subversive, undeclared, covert, or criminal activities, private sector entities, independently make decisions about what, if any, action they take on their platforms and for their customers after the FBI has notified them. Yeah, well, that's, that's not really what's going on here, though, is it? I mean, they're not making their own decisions. They are clearly operating at the behest of the FBI. It is a servant-master kind of situation, you know? I mean, I like what Ryan Schulling says on Twitter. He says, the FBI is a corrupt, blatantly partisan government entity, and the Matt Taibbi report is merely just another log on the fire, proving the unholy alliance of the feds and big tech biased targeting one side of the political spectrum to suppress free speech. Direct First Amendment violations. Yeah, let me give that a retweet and a like. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's outrageous. It is absolutely outrageous. It is a First Amendment violation. The FBI is ordering these big tech platforms what to do. And they are saying, yes, sir. Well, how high do you want us to jump? Yes, sir. That's fine with us. Not a problem. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, I forgot to mention this at the opening of the show. Um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. responding to Tucker Carlson's opening monologue um, about the CIA being responsible for the assassination of President Kennedy said, the most courageous newscast in 60 years, the CIA's murder of my uncle was a successful coup d'état from which our democracy has never recovered. So. So yeah. So there's that. Um. Yeah, let me. Let me give you a couple of more thoughts about this. Over at Breitbart, Alum Bukhari says. Has a little article here. Twitter files say the FBI targeted right-side broadcasting network for censorship ahead of the mid- midterms. Right-side broadcasting network is heavily prevalent on YouTube, and they always covered not just Trump rallies but anything going on uh, and targeted a conservative audience. Uh, and they've done a great job. What I can certainly see how the intel community, including the FBI, would see them as a threat. No question about that. Um, The great Scott Johnson over at Powerline blog, a Twitter files footnote. He says, the Twitter files reveal the suppression of the New York Post reporting on Biden family corruption at the behest of the deep state authorities with whom Twitter was collaborating. The absurd letter... By 51 former intelligence officials, reported by Natasha Bertrand and published by Politico, was a key piece of the puzzle to the extent it was a puzzle. Holman Jenkins takes it up in his Wall Street Journal column entitled "Hunter Biden's Laptop and 2020's First Big Lie." He puts it this way, and here's the uh, here's the, the the money quote part of on a Holman Jenkins Wall Street Journal column. He says, when 51 ex-intelligence officials said the laptop's emergence has all the classic earmarks of a Russian disinformation operation, they were lying. In the long history of Kremlin dirty tricks, there's no precedent for so implausible a caper. The officials couldn't even say clearly what they meant. A real laptop had been stolen by the Russians and leaked to the press? A fake laptop had been created with thousands of uncannily real-looking documents, photos, videos, and emails, most of them diabolically designed to have no news or scandal value? The New York Post produced not only a complete and sufficient account of how to obtain the laptop data, it produced a dated subpoena showing the FBI was already in possession of the original laptop for months And the FBI would know if the data was fake. The absurdity of the intelligence veterans' claim is obvious at the time. It was obvious at the time. The people who run America's major news outlets, at least those who aren't idiots, knew it. So obvious was the lie that America's biggest news organizations have to remain silent now because of their own complicity. He says, what I wrote in week one remains true. It ought to register with you how cravenly some of the mainstream media are trying to convince you something isn't true that they know is true. So compromised are the national reporting staffs of The Washington Post, The New York Times, and other outlets that they can't be trusted on the biggest story of the day. A Jeff Bezos say would have to take a page from the CIA's own history and recruit a Team B offsite from his Washington Post to investigate the laptop ruse, then require his newspaper to report the truth, however discomforting to its newsroom and leadership. The laptop ruse also ought to have you rethinking the FBI's and Robert Mueller's dragging out of the collusion inquiry to damage a president they distrusted. It ought to have you rethinking James Comey's convenient resolution of the Hillary Clinton email matter based on secret Russian intelligence that he made sure would remain hidden from you even today. Our press would bring these stories to light if it could refute them, but it can't, so it ignores them. That's Holman Jenkins, Wall Street Journal. Scott Johnson, Powerline blog, wraps it up saying, and I would like to add, Now, turns to making Elon Musk public enemy, number one. Indeed, they do. Indeed, they do. Now, having said that, I got to play you some audio from November. Um, the Human Services Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas was under oath and Missouri U.S. Senator Josh Hawley was in the process of just eviscerating this guy just just taking him apart it did not go well for Majorcus. And remember, as you listen to this back and forth, remember what I've told you so many times, to the extent that the Biden regime vets anybody they're going to ha- uh, hire, the most important thing is you got to be ready, willing, and able to lie with a straight face and, as with all con artists, never give up the con. I mean, you know, Mayorkas has steadfastly said, the border is secure. Now, Bill Malugian, Fox News channel goes down there and shows you video of people just streaming across the border. Myoka's like, hey, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? The border is secure. So that's who we're dealing with here. And what Holly does with this guy is it's, it's a thing of beauty.
1: Now, you said earlier this year that you disbanded the Disinformation Governance Board, which I thought was totally unconstitutional, but that turns out to be, at best, misleading. That's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what you're doing. Your own quadrennial review, which was just reported in the press, says that disinformation is going to be the new focus at DHS. The Quad Review says that DHS plans to target, I'm quoting now, inaccurate information domestically on a wide array of subjects, including, quoting, the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic, the efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines, racial justice, U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, and the nature of U.S. support from, for Ukraine. A federal judge has just found as a finding of fact, Mr. Secretary, that your office, and I'm going to quote now, is supervising the nerve center of federally directed Censorship. Here's another email. August 20th, 2021. Facebook writes again to HHS and highlights that Facebook is increasing the strength of our demotions for covid and vaccine related content. April 16th, 2021. Rob Flaherty at the White House circulates a Zoom meeting invitation to Twitter employees stating White House staff will be briefed by Twitter on vaccine misinformation. We have example after example of this administration coordinated, apparently, according to a federal court by your agency, pressuring, coercing social media companies to engage in censorship. Is that constitutional? That is unequivocally false. It's what the emails show. It is unequivocally false, Senator. You are not pressuring the big tech companies to take down accounts. You are not meeting with them to ask them to censor on your behalf. That is correct. We are not. Mr. Secretary, it has been established for years in this country, as you very well know, because you're a lawyer, that the federal government may not use private third parties... To engage in activities that are unconstitutional. That's exactly what you and this administration are doing. You are leveraging private companies to carry out censorship on your behalf. It's dystopian, but worse than that, it's unconstitutional. It's also false.
0: Do you hear the last three words sir? It's also false. He's lying. He knows he's lying. He knows we know he's lying. And yet he continues to lie now why is that why is that cuz that's uh, that's what he gets paid to do man that's what he gets paid to do now i don't know if you knew this but us intelligence agencies are keeping from congress key information about the origins of covid Now, I wonder I wonder why that would be. And we're going to be sharing that with you in our next in our next episode cuz that's that's a big deal. Um but right now we got we got Jonathan Turley, who is a law professor who kind of leans left, but he is a Fox News contributor. Tammy Bruce was filling in for Hannity last night, and uh, she asked. Jonathan Turley, this.
1: The FBI has admitted no wrongdoing. Let me start with this. They've admitted no wrongdoing. Why would they? Writing in a statement here, sir, quote, the Bureau regularly engages with private sector entities that make decisions about what, if any, action they take on their platforms and for their customers after the FBI has notified them. Fox News contributor Jonathan Turley, uh, what is your reaction to that kind of statement with what we know now from this recent drop of the
0: Twitter file? Right, so she's asking him about what I just read to you a few moments ago. And Turley, I think, is going to be kind of skeptical here.
2: Tammy, what's disturbing about the statement is it shows absolutely no self-awareness of what has already been disclosed. I mean, it's showing utter contempt for the American people. The FBI could have said, look, we find these allegations disturbing. We're going to conduct our own immediate investigation to see if, if these types of contacts went too far. And instead, they're just saying, well, we did nothing but correspond with companies. That is not what these new files are suggesting. They're suggesting censorship by surrogate, by proxy. You have dozens of FBI agents who supposedly were tasked to go through social media. You have 150 contacts with just one Twitter executive, uh, giving lists of users that should be banned, including satirical sites. Um, There's very little runway left for the FBI to continue to deny that there isn't a serious problem here, People, I think, largely agree, I hope, that while the the First Amendment applies to the government, it also applies to agents of the government. So if the FBI uses a proxy, uses an agent like Twitter, it's still censorship. It's still a violation of the First Amendment. Okay, so that is Jonathan Turley's response.
0: Now, I want to give you Julie Kelly's response to the FBI saying, hey, we regularly engage with private sector entities, provide information, blah, 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 they do what they want. Julie Kelly says, okay, so let's see the specific information you provided to Twitter. And propaganda from Perkins Coy law firm, that that doesn't count. That doesn't count. And... She also. Let's see, where is it? Oh no, it was Tony Bruno, Tony Bruno's show saying so. The FBI tried to help Hillary in twenty sixteen, and then colluded with Trump or fa- with Twitter fascists to try to help Joe Biden be Trump in twenty twenty by silencing accounts they didn't like. Sounds like two insurrections to me. Yeah, twenty sixteen and twenty twenty. The great Mike Davis, I've interviewed before on this program, he uh, clerked for Justice Gorsuch back in the day, also was chief counsel for uh, judicial nominations for the Senate Judiciary Committee when the Republicans were in charge. He said the FBI had 80 agents colluding with Twitter to censor Americans. Just imagine what the FBI is doing with Facebook, Twitter times 10, and Google, Twitter times 25. In January, House Republicans must subpoena all communications between big tech and the federal government regarding censorship. Yeah. Josh Hawley, also out there Friday afternoon, saying, and if FBI use Twitter to censor, you bet they also use Google and Facebook. Julie Kelly responds, saying, and Yahoo, and Wikimedia, and read it, it is all there in the deposition from FBI agent Elvis Chan. Right? Yeah. Julie Kelly says, also insane, the January 6th committee is recommending charges against Trump, 18 U.S. Code 2383 insurrection, 18 U.S. Code 1512 C obstruction of official proceeding and 18 U S Code 371 conspiracy to defund the U S government ridiculous and she's reminding us she said back in August that obstruction and conspiracy were most likely charges the insurrection referral by the way is just insane the whole thing is insane now a lot of people are going like well what does Trump have to worry about it's not like he broke any laws. Well, see, the problem is the jury pool in Washington, D.C., where 94% of people voted for Biden, and they hate Trump, and they just want to put him in prison, and they don't care whether there's any evidence he broke laws. No, no. I mean, if if they get a trial, that's not going to matter. They want him in prison. They want him in prison. So uh, pray for him and pray for our country because that is, uh, that's really messed up. Now, um, for uh, for our tweet of the day, oh, I'm not doing this right. What's wrong with me? I apologize. There's a way we're supposed to do this. All right, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program
1: to bring you a special report. It's the Don Washburn Show Tweet of the Day.
0: Brought to you by Red River Your Way. RedRiverYourWay.com, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. All right, so... um, Today's tweet of the day is from a uh, Twitter profile called Izaboo Literally, I Z A Boo Boo. What do you do? I'm with the FBI. Wow, doing what? Counterterrorism? Organized crime? Human trafficking? No, I scroll through Twitter for bad jokes to get accounts banned. Hello! Because 80 of them were doing exactly that. That's Tweet of the Day brought to you by com. You've been listening to episode 304 of the all-new Doc Washman Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washman Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a Terribly Messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washman Show, Simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, seventh floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, and care of Sheriff Mansoor Sempier the tenth. And that's the way it is. Friday, december sixteenth, twenty twenty two.